0: Let's begin. Hello listeners. The RV is back on the road today. On today's episode, we are driving towards Nevada to speak with Terry J. Terry is an entertainer, speaker, and author, also known as the Cowgirl Shaman. She's an energy healer as well as a horse whisperer. So beautiful Terry, welcome to the Relatable Voice. Lucia, yes, yeah, thank you so much for having me. So Terry, the cowgirl shaman,
1: where did this name come from? Well I'm a really down-to-earth horse person. I've been a horse person my whole life, a professional horse person, you know, which means I've made my living with horses my whole life. And I really like the word shaman because it means healer. And a shaman also connects the worlds. So because I do mediumship, I thought that would be an appropriate moniker. And um, I, I really trademarked it, copyrighted it, so it's mine. That's cool. And when did you first realize you were intuitive? It was back in 1990, which seems like eons ago. I was doing horseback therapy with disabled kids, and I picked a kid up out of his wheelchair, And I put him on the back of one of my horses and he looked at me and he said, ouch, I have a cramp in my hip. That's kind of normal, as you know. And so I I said, well, here, sit this way. It'll take the cramp out. And he looked at me and he said, hey, you can hear me. And I said, well, of course I can hear you. It didn't dawn on me at the time that he was completely nonverbal. So we went through our routine because we did vaulting, which is gymnastics on horseback. And then I took him off the horse and put him in his wheelchair and he went back to class. And of course the whole time we're doing our couple circles where he gets to do different different things on the horse, he was yippy yapping about the school play and his little girlfriend. And of course I was responding out loud to the things that he was telling me. So once I took him off the horse and put him in his wheelchair and he went back to class, the gal who was helping me very, she looked at me and she goes, boy, he sure is talking great. And I said, well, you know, he's very bright just because he has um, cerebral palsy doesn't necessarily mean he has cognitive disabilities. And she looked at me and she goes, Terry, he didn't say a word. He can't remember. And that spooked me so bad. If I was a horse, I would have done a buck fart snort because they do all three of those things at the same time when they're spooked. And um, so I said, hold the horse. And so I went in the classroom and they put a band around his head with a pointer And he had typed out on his computer, horse lady can hear me. So I had it confirmed. So then I stood there talking to him, really aware that I was, in fact, hearing his thoughts. And he shared with me that his mom does it, too. So I went back outside. And I mean, you could have knocked me over with a feather. And I told the gal what happened. And she just very matter-of factly said, Well, if you can hear him, you ought to learn to communicate with the horses because all horses are telepathic, all animals are telepathic. And then wouldn't that make the program really safe? And I thought, wow, that'd be incredible, just to be able to thank the horses for their contribution. So there was no, there were like no books about this stuff at the time. I mean, nothing, nothing. Talking with horses and you are psychic, which I hate the P word, but. I, I like the other people at physics. And um, so so it, I really was just sort of self-taught and uh, one thing's led to another. And now I know there's no limits to the types of information that you can discern. Wow, that's an incredible story. And did you have more stories like this? Well, that was how I, I got my my start. And at the time I was married to a really gifted horse trainer. And um, if he wasn't an alcoholic, I'd probably still be married to him because he was so gifted with the horses. But um, so we always had horses coming in and going out. And and it was just when holistic therapies were starting to get known for horses, too. So a lot of the horses that we had had coming in for retraining just needed a chiropractic adjustment. So it was really good that we had a really great holistic vet. And um, he's still my vet today. So, you know, it's, it, we started getting that different mindset that, you know, if a horse is having a behavioral issue, then we need to look for pain. So it, it really became part and parcel of his training program, too, which was great. And if I started doing readings for people, it's like if they had deceased relatives, I would start hearing the deceased relatives. And so that was kind of scary for me when it first happened because I really didn't have a good grasp on the physics of this you know that everything's energy frequency vibration so the other side is right here it's not somewhere else you know it just it's like turning a radio dial you know, different frequencies and you can tune into different frequencies so it's really been an incredible education for me to, to and you know once i found out about physics and even quantum physics and how that really sort of justifies or explains what I do. I, I can't stand woo-woo stuff. You know, when somebody's, you know, psychic means not of the physical sciences, right? Mm-hmm. Well, physics covers everything. So if physics covers everything, then sorry for the double negative, but nothing is not of the physical sciences. So I think the word psychic should be gone. Metaphysics, um, what are some of the others? Paranormal. You know, it's just energy. It's just energy.
0: I agree with you. It's just energy.
1: Yeah. And Terry, how did you first get into writing? Oh, this is really weird. When I started my therapeutic writing program, I was in my 20s. It was, again, centuries ago. And um, when you write grants, you have to be to the gnat's ass as, as far as being precise, about what you're saying or explaining, you, I mean, you have to really be precise. If they ask a question, the same question over and over, you better just answer it again. And so writing grants is really how I got my, my start. So I was doing, you know, grants for uh, my therapeutic writing program. And, and I've done a lot of grant consulting through the years too, just, just for shits and giggles and, and, uh, It's it really made me a very precise writer. And so getting flowery and explanatory and all that is has really been a change for me, you know, that I get to add fluff to stuff. Mm -hmm. So I love writing. I wish I could just write all the time. I've got like, you know, six books that I have ahead of me. I've got two done and I'm in the middle of the uh, mediumship book that I want to put out. So you'll be releasing at least one book this year. Oh, at least one this year. Yeah, for sure. One. And then I want to specialize it because, you know, each group of animals that I talk with, you, you sort of need to change how you do it for each species. Yeah. You know, cats don't talk the same way as horses. So... Um, I really want to do the horse book next, but I got to get the medium book done. The communicating with horses. Oh, oh my God. The stuff they tell you, you know, I, if I get my TV show, which I'm really pitching hard, uh-huh. I should really call it. I can't make this stuff up, but I would really like to use the other S word, you know, because I am a cousin cowgirl mm-hmm. and um, you know, I just, I think people would be amazed. And if I do a show, I want it to just be reading after reading after reading, not not saying, oh, watch, we're going to go to the grocery store. <laughs> Who cares? You know, it's I mean, terrible stuff when they do that. Wow. That is a special gift that you had. And- no, Lucia, it's not a gift. That's what that's a mistake. A lot of people make. Uh We're all born with this. We have intuition, clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, and claircognizance. Claire just means clear. So we have clear knowing, clear feeling, clear seeing, clear hearing. We all have all of those plus intuition. There isn't one of us that hasn't thought about somebody that we haven't seen in a long time. And the phone rings and it's them. And all of us have done that. I was just thinking about you when I say that. So... All of us can do it. We set these abilities off in childhood. And so it's just a matter of learning to turn them back on. And that's what my books do is they teach you how to turn those abilities back on.
0: Wow. I wish I could speak to my sister's dog. (laughs) Actually, sometimes he reacts to things in a way that nobody understands. So sometimes I said, I wish he could understand me and I could understand him. So he's afraid of other dogs and some people. When we go out with him, he, he is so scared that instead of being quiet, he starts
1: barking and attacking other dogs. Right. That's fear aggression. It's fear aggression. Yeah. So that just, that's a training issue. That's a training issue. Yeah. As a physiotherapist,
0: I've always known how effective horseback riding therapy can be to autistic children and children with disabilities.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen miracles happen. I, I miss it. I really miss it. You know, I did it off and on for 35 years and, um, I still, to this day, miss it. I try to support, we have a therapeutic riding program just a couple blocks from me, and I really try to support them financially. And can you explain to our listeners
0: the benefits of this form of therapy?
1: Well, the the movement of the horse replicates walking in the pelvic girdle. You know this as a PT. So when you sit on a horse, it stimulates the pelvis to it's the same movement as if you were walking just as the horse walks. That's just one of the benefits. And so the warmth and the stimulation can really relax tight muscles if you have someone with spasticity. So the warmth and the, and the stimulation of the horse is incredibly beneficial. Mm -hmm. What I loved about it is it didn't matter that the ability of the child, they could be a hundred percent successful. I used to take kids that, you know, were couldn't walk and have help them to do a backflip off the horse. You know, that's why I love vaulting because you use the whole horse as a therapy tool. Mm-hmm. And so they could actually stand on the horse while the horse walked and uh, be supported. It, it was just amazing. It's just amazing. And sometimes when I'd have these kids do a backflip off the horse, it's almost like I'd forget and I'd almost let go of them and go, whoa, oh, wait, this one goes in a wheelchair. You know, I'd have to back. I had more fun with it because I just treated the kids normally. I mean, I'd go to put them back in their wheelchair and try to do it head first, and they'd be laughing and giggling. And, oh, I don't go in the wheelchair like this. You know, like they had to explain to me how to put them back in the wheelchair. It was just really fun. Yeah. And they could slide off the horse's tail. We had them hang upside down off the horse. I mean, it was just, it was so much fun and they were so successful. That's what I loved about it. Didn't need any special clothes or boots or shoes or, you know, with, with vaulting, it's, you know, whatever, whatever it goes. And the big thing about it is you take somebody who's got trunk problems and head and neck control problems and you put them in a regular therapeutic riding program. You got to put a freaking helmet on them. How are they going to... they gonna ride it that they can't even center their head and now you're gonna put a helmet on them and because we did vaulting we we couldn't use helmets you know you can't do a somersault with a helmet on you you can't so and i and i always told people if you're doing vaulting and you worry about helmets you're doing something wrong with your program seriously Mm -hmm. because you know we spotted them all the time we never took our hands off of them so you know, something happened. And of course, once I could communicate with the horses, I could just explain to them what was going on. I, I, guess, I know this sounds terrible, but I quit training the horses. Somebody come at them with a wheelchair and they'd ask me what? And I'd say, no walk, roll in chair, chair not hurt. You know, that's what I would get across to the horse. And they go, oh, OK, you know, they just accepted it. Like, can you feel, how does it happen? You have to ground. Grounding is probably the most challenging part for anybody to learn to do this. But grounding is really critical. And and I really harp on it in my books. You have to be grounded. Check your ground. Double check your ground. Because the minute you get ungrounded, you're going to get wrong stuff. You're not going to get what you want. And then um, I have this exercise where you do a three-point connection where you connect heart chakra to heart chakra and then third eye to heart chakra. And so you make a triangle, you know, you, you basically have set up a triangle and then you bring the energy down through your crown chakra from your heart to their heart and then back to your third eye. And, and it makes this incredibly powerful connection to them. And then um, it's, you can't have an ego in this. You can't even want to be right. Oh my goodness. Ego means easing God out. So you can't even, you know, want to be right when you do this. So, um, and then you just get out of your own way. And I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they just try too hard. They just try too hard. Okay. And so they, they they're, you know, they look like they're constipated when they're doing it. Like, eh, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and the, the biggest thing, too, is I always tell people, listen faster. If you're going to have a conversation a mental conversation with a horse, it's not going to sound like this mentally. Did you? Oh, what? Oh, 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 it's that fast. So if you want to get into your whole question and, and get very specific about what you want to know, you're going to miss their response. And that's, I think the biggest mistake people make. And I also get really frustrated because I've looked at other people's training materials nobody's teaching this, it makes me crazy, it's like the most important part, you know, to listen faster, get out of your own way, you know, and it's, oh, it's, it's just frustrating, because I really want to help people to do this, if everybody's born with these abilities, they're not gifts, every time somebody goes, oh, yes, I have gifts, no, are you a singer, are you a musician, those people are gifted, these are abilities we all have. So it's just really important to, to know that any, anybody can do this unless they have severe cognitive abilities, right?
0: Wow, it's so good to know about it. I've never thought about
1: it before. I'm super excited to read in your book. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so fun, too. You know, you really can't make this stuff up. It gets really specific. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. When, you know, I have a gal exercising my horses now, and when I go out to to feed and do chores in the morning, they'll ask me, "Is she coming today?" They, you know, because they really like working with her because she's so good. And one of one time I was out there, and my horse said, "Big dog, big dog," and I went, "What?" "Big dog, come, lady," and I went, "What?" I asked her. I said, "Do you have a big dog?" She goes, "Yeah." She's got one of those. I got a carny, whatever. They're huge. Corso, a corso. I think that's the kind of dog. They're Italian, right? Wow. Anyway, so my horse was telling me that she brings her big dog. So basically, Terry,
0: your book, Intuitive Communication, Communicating mm-hmm. with Those Who Cannot,
1: can explain this to us. This is the cover. And these are just some of the disabilities that prevent you from having regular communication. And this book teaches you how to do that. We have have seven to nine million people in the US right now that cannot communicate with their loved ones because they've had a stroke, they have cerebral palsy, they've had um, a neuromuscular disease that's progressed, they've had severe Alzheimer's or dementia, There, you know, you have nonverbal autism, you know, this, that book really come in handy for, you know, a lot of those people, we have people in a persistent vegetative state, people that are in a coma, um, traumatic brain injuries, oh my goodness, and so there's so many people that, that have a, a loved one who's in this kind of situation, and they just, sometimes they wonder, are they even in there, you know, can they hear me? Well, it's one thing to just talk to them and assume they're hearing you. But what if you could actually hear them? Yeah. And the case studies in my book, I keep reading those and go, did that really happen? And it, it did. You know, it did, I have witnesses, <laughs> you know, that those things did happen. So it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. I still shake my head at, the, at them. That's incredible. We, we had, there was, there was one where, um, this gal called me to find her lost uh, kitten. And just as I go to call her, I hear kitten found. And I went, oh, okay. Well, I'll, you know, talk to her about refunding her money. And, and then I hear, no, no, man sick, man sick. I mean, that's how you, you kind of hear this stuff. And I went, okay. So I called her and I said, I hear you found your cat. She goes, how can you know that? I said, that's what guidance said. They said, you found your cat. She said, Terry, two seconds ago, she came in the door two seconds ago. And I said, well, obviously guidance knew she was going to return. And I said, I'm happy to refund your, your payment, but guidance is saying man's sick. And she said, oh, yes, uncle's in the hospital. He has a ruptured brain aneurysm. And they're asking us to disconnect life support. Yeah. And I said, do you want to talk to him? She said, you can do that? And I said, yeah, piece of cake. So anyway, it was so cool because when I tuned into him, he was sitting on a fence. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I get an idea about what that's all about. It hadn't been determined if he was going to stay or go. So I started talking to him and he was so specific. He goes, okay, make sure somebody pays my bills. They're over on that table and there's a vinyl tablecloth on the table and all the bills are stacked next to where I eat. And so I told her then, she said, yes. She goes, how are you doing that? I said, well, he's I'm just sharing what he's showing me. And then I said, now I'm smelling coffee, but it's like green, green, raw. She goes, well, he's a coffee farmer. And I went, oh, he's going a coffee, duh, right?
0: Was he aware about his situation that he was about to die?
1: Yeah, but he was sitting on a fence. So he can stay or go, see? Uh-huh. So then he shows me this thing. I called it like a rickshaw-looking thing, this little motorized thing. And I said, he, he showing me this, you know, little vehicle. She goes, oh, that's how he takes the coffee beans out of the field. Duh, again, right? So then I asked him, you know, while I'm talking to her, I asked him telepathically, do you want us to do uh, energy healing on you to see if we could, you know, get your get your head all fixed. And he said, Oh, please, you know, very, you know, very, I'd, I'd love that. So I referred them to an energy healer and he had one session and woke up out of the coma and went home. No. Yeah. Yeah. This is so many, they were going to disconnect life support them. I know that's just one story. I mean, this stuff is, it blows me away because I'm just like the translator. You know what I mean? So that was just one story of somebody that, that um, had a di- this incredible miracle happen just because of the communication, being able to do that communication. And so I think this is so critical for people to learn. It really is. And
0: Terry, how do you? Currently working on anything now that you would like
1: to share with us? Oh yes. I just found out I'm in a series on TV. I can't say what it's called. I can't say what network it's gonna be on. I know that anyway, so I did a reading for my friend Paul um years ago. I mean, this thing has been in the process forever. And I told him, I said, you make sure you write all this down because you're gonna do a book and then you might even do a screenplay or something. And of course, it's a screenplay and it's been bought and um, will go into production probably mid-March. But my readings are instrumental in it because um, he had just gotten married and said, you know, my wife is um, insisting on putting her name on all of my assets. And he says, I think it's a little soon. I said, she feels like a hooker. And he said, what? I said, yeah, it's like she wants to get paid for sex. But instead of money on the dresser, she wants your stuff. And he said, it's my wife. I said, I don't care. She feels like a hooker. I said, it's so strong that um, um, I would get tested and don't sleep with her again and start divorce proceedings. He says, you're serious. I said, absolutely. And and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. She's not there all the time. He says, um, no, she takes care of her um. Uh, grandmother that has Alzheimer's on the weekend. And I said, no, she's hooking. And anyway, so he hired a private detective and sure enough found out that that's exactly what was going on. So I saved him a lot of aggravation. You know, I saved him a lot of aggravation. And you cannot say anything about your show? No, and then I'm pitching mine like crazy. And I'm hoping that somebody will see me do this work and so, oh, that gal needs her own show. I'm, you know, I'm really hoping for that. I've been pitching my show for a long time, but I get lumped together with all of the other mediums mm-hmm. who do it. You know, they, they say, oh, I have gifts and they make it all woo woo. And I'm just not I'm a down to earth Nevada cowgirl. And, and it, you know, if there wasn't for physics, I swear I couldn't do this work because it just it has to make sense to me. It has to be practical, you know. Carrie, what do you think is the biggest misconception
0: about people who are intuitive or mediums?
1: People want to make this woo-woo and say they have gifts. And and, and my experience is that um, anybody can do this. You know, anybody can learn to do this. We're all born with the ability. So it's just a matter of turning them back on. And I love to teach people how to do that, too. Carrie, where can our listeners find you and, of course, your book? Um, My books are available on Amazon. And the two of them are intuitive communication. That's the one that I just got out. And then the other one is the cowgirl shaman way seven easy steps to develop your intuitive abilities. And that one covers everything that I do. The intuitive communication is mostly for first responders, caregivers, and uh, medical personnel. Um, you know, it's kind of directed toward them. I actually had a medical editor help me on that one. So it's was, it was pretty cool. And then um, the next one is about mediumship too. And I think that's going to blow the doors off of a lot of people's perceptions about it. Yeah. They can get those on Amazon. Best place to reach me is on my website at terryj.com, T-E-R-R-I-J-A-Y.com. And uh, they can sign up for a reading. I do my readings all over the world. My prices are very reasonable. And uh, it's really nice because we can you know do them by Zoom or FaceTime, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, or or Skype. So and, and it's really funny, people always want to send me pictures and videos, and I go, no, no, don't send me anything. I don't want it because I want to connect energetically. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see anything and have any preconceived notions.
0: I would like to thank you very much for your
1: participation, for your time. thank you, Lucia. It's been wonderful working with you.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.